I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. I am so excited for this week's episode with Scout Sobel. She is my kind of girl because she's all about having these open, real, and raw conversations about the realities of mental illness and also sharing her experience of how she is really thriving in life today. And I'm so excited for you to listen to her story. So this is episode 121, and we have talked a lot about mental illness and mental health on this podcast. But like I said, we're 121 episodes deep, And we've actually never talked about bipolar disorder ever before. So I'm really honored to have Scout join us for this week's episode. She shares all about her journey um, and getting like the diagnosis of bipolar disorder. And also we talk about prescription medication, which I think is super important because So many of us that are gathered here listening to this podcast, we are in the holistic health and wellness space. And those of us who kind of find ourselves in this space, we're all about, you know, using food as medicine and finding natural solutions. And 100%, I love helping you find natural solutions to help you thrive in your life. But I also love this conversation, this really open conversation that Scout and I have about prescription medications because it needs to be had. That stigma around taking prescription medications needs to be no longer There shouldn't be a stigma around that. So really grateful for Scout coming on the show this week and talking about how prescription medications have really helped her. I personally have so many friends that have struggled with mental illness and their mental health, and they just struggle for such a long time because they don't want to take prescription medications. And it's great that they're looking to these natural solutions first, but it's really important to know that it's okay to lean on these supports if they're going to really help you, right? So I just really appreciate Scout coming on and sharing her story with us. She's a badass entrepreneur, And we talk about, you know, what that looks like in her life. That's actually how her and I 
became connected. She has a agency that um, reaches out to women podcasters. So that's how her and I got connected. And I'm just so excited to have Scout on the show this week. So you guys are going to absolutely love this episode. You'll learn more about mental illness, bipolar disorder. We're taking down that stigma around prescription medication. And also we talk a lot about creating a morning routine. And if you saw my Instagram post yesterday, I actually give you a glimpse into my personal morning routine. So if you want to go check that out, by all means, just go over on Instagram. I am Meg Dahl. That's my handle over on Instagram. And just check out my post from yesterday. I basically have four pillars when it comes to my feel good morning routine. And I highly recommend you checking that out. It will give you some inspiration if you're listening to this episode and thinking, man, I need to create a feel good morning routine for myself. Highly recommend it. Check out my post and it'll give you some ideas. All right, guys, enjoy this episode with Scout. Hey, Scout, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on this week. Thank you for having me. This has been a long time coming. Yes. So you and I are actually meeting like on Zoom for the very first time ever, but I think we've been like emailing back and forth for over a year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. With my agency, with your podcast, all that good stuff. So it's nice to put a, like a person to the email. Yeah, exactly. I know when you like popped up on zoom, I was like, sweet. I actually get to see her, her beautiful face. So why don't you introduce yourself to everyone so they can kind of get to know you right off the hop. Yeah. So hi, I'm Scout Sobel. I am almost 29 years old and I live in San Diego, California, with my husband and two fluffy puppy Pomeranians. Um, And I run Scouts Agency, which is my PR agency that focuses on female voices and especially um, in the podcast industry. So that's been really incredible and super rewarding. I have a team of two other women who um, light up my life every day. It's been such a joy to create something of my own and, and kind of spearhead that ship. And then I also am the co-host of OK Sis podcast with my sister, um, which is another female-oriented podcast. And then I host my own podcast called Scout, which is where I talk about mostly mental health ramblings. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 20 and um, had my first depressive episode at the age of 14. So mental health is something that I'm super passionate about talking about. And yeah, I'm obsessed with Jurassic Park in an unhealthy way. And that's about it. In an unhealthy way. That's amazing. (laughs) I love it. Um, Okay, well, I need to know more about your puppies. What are their names? First of all, Luna and Lola. I will show them to you after they're sleeping on the floor right now. Okay. Penny is sleeping next to me as well. So we have that in common. But we also have like our passion for talking about mental health and like raising awareness about mental health and actually you know we're on episode 120 some by now 
And we actually haven't talked about bipolar disorder ever on this show. So I really wanted to, yeah, so here you are. I really wanted you to come on. And I know you said to me that like you're an open book and you're so open to talking about your journey and your experiences and just really shedding a light on this disorder that probably so many women do struggle with. Um, So let's dive into that. Like you were diagnosed, you said when you were 20 And you actually had your first depressive disorder in your teens, in your very early teens. So take us back to that um, before you were diagnosed and what that period of your life looked like. Yeah. So when I was 14, um, my mother got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and it totally rocked my boat and I became really depressed. Although if you kind of look back at my journals when I was in eighth grade um, at the age of 13, I definitely had the makings of emotional depths circulating within me. So it kind of just came to fruition when my mom was diagnosed and I became very depressed. I started cutting myself and restricting food. And then when my school found out, I was put into therapy and I spent high school like up and down and when I was down it felt like I couldn't do anything like I couldn't get my homework done not because it was difficult or time consuming I just felt paralyzed in so many ways physically emotionally everything and but it was really chalked up when I was in high school to oh maybe she's just a moody teenager maybe she's just having trouble growing up with puberty you know they didn't know I remember taking a 500 question test when I was like 16 and it ranked me in the clinical and chronic depression zone. And even then my therapist was kind of an idiot. Um, He didn't put me on medication, no like real action was taken. So I just thought, oh, this is just how people live. Um, And then when I went to college, um, that's when I started um, developing psychosis problems and paranoia problems where I felt that men were following me home under my bed, in my balcony, in my closet waiting to harm me. And um, that's when I started losing touch with reality. And that's when I started realizing like, oh, like this isn't healthy. This is quite toxic and this is dangerous, quite frankly. So that's when I called my parents and, you know, my parents had just gotten divorced. So they thought maybe it's the divorce this time. And it became quite clear that something was happening in my brain that wasn't quote unquote, I don't like saying normal, but maybe healthy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started delving into psychiatric medications and diagnoses that were starting to be formed. And I was formally diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 20 and in the last nine years, it has been an immense healing journey for me. Um, I've had other symptoms like catatonia, which is when I have so much anxiety that my body actually physically shuts down and I become paralyzed for hours on end potentially, which is not fun. Um, I have, uh, obviously I talked about the psychosis. Sometimes I hear voices, I have anxiety, I have hypomania. So I'm bipolar type two, which means that I lean more toward the depressive side versus the mania side. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. I would say that just in the past year, I feel like I've gotten a little bit more of a footing and a grounding. I definitely, there were definitely periods in my life when I had to drop out of school. I couldn't work a job. I was an inpatient, outpatient, all of the things. So um, it's, it's a long story, but it's, I'm sure we'll get into little pockets of details here and there, but that's kind of the, the progression of how I was diagnosed and the symptoms that I've lived with since 14. 
Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I have not personally dealt with bipolar disorder, but there's like parts and pieces of your story that I could see myself in. And I was like, wow, yeah, I totally, you know, have gone through something similar or that resonates with me really, really deeply. So one of the questions that came up to me right off the bat hearing that is your diagnosis for bipolar did it take a really long time to actually finally get diagnosed with like the right thing because I know I actually have friends and um, I know people quite personally with this disorder and it's taken years for health professionals or like their team to figure out what they're actually dealing with. Yeah, it was pretty quick once we realized there was something more than like just moody teenager and dealing with life, you know, whatever. Once I kind of cried out for help and I was like, no, we need to take this seriously. Um, the diagnosis happened within two years. Okay. So it was, okay. it was pretty quick. And a lot of that was trial and error with medication. Like there's some medication that if you go on and you're bipolar, it'll do this to you. So like that was really helpful. I would take some of those and have the adverse reaction. So um, it really didn't take so long. And it, I think where the trial and error for me came in was the medication game. That was like a fucking terrible road, which I'm finally on the other end of and really happy with the cocktail that I'm on. But that for me, the diagnosis was pretty obvious. It was the um, medication aspect that took a little bit more time. Okay. Okay. So for those listeners that we have today that maybe are dealing with some mental health struggles that they're really unsure, like, okay, I don't know what this is. Right. So, and it is taking them a while to find a proper diagnosis. Like, do you have any advice for them? Yeah. You know, I really wouldn't focus on the diagnosis because you're probably spending a lot of time trying to just label something versus treating something. Um, healing can start today, whether or not you have a formal diagnosis, a label stamped on, stamped on it, an identity, whatever. Um, as long as you say my emotions are serious and this is an emotion that I'm feeling and I want to either not, I hate using the word change because that um, doesn't honor the, pro, the human process, but this is something I want to work on. I want to feel okay going through these movements. I want to feel strong in myself. I want to feel like I can contain these emotions and, and feel safe in them and then move forward to enhance my life. I think that's what you need to focus on. Let the professionals deal with it. Like, of course, unless, you know, you have such a, a case where you're hallucinating things and it's becoming quite dangerous, um, that's a different story. But if you're worried, if they're like, maybe you're OCD or maybe you're bipolar or maybe you're, you know, I would, you know, as long as you understand what you're feeling and are starting to treat it regardless through mindset shifts and holistic measures, you know, the medication can come as, you know, trial and error as you go on. I think the most important part is not to feel so much confusion and trying to label it, but just understand and accept that this is what you're going through. I love that so much because really we are in a world where people just love labels, right? And we like really are like searching for that label. So I so appreciate how you answered that question for sure. So thank you. And now I need to ask you because you did bring up like holistic measures and stuff. And basically everyone listening to this show is like, 
holistically minded, right? Or we're looking for natural solutions and stuff like that. But you keep saying how much this medication has really helped you and completely, you know, like helped you live um, a life that you are like really happy with and you feel good about. Um, So can we talk about like the stigma around taking prescription medications and if you had to work through any type of like personal mental blocks around that too? Yeah. So, um, you know, I have a complicated relationship with medication. Um, I think that people put too much emphasis on it, that it's going to save your life. Like, believe me, it's 10%. It gives you the ability to then do the painful work and you still have to do the painful work. So people think, oh, I'm going to take a pill and I'm cured. And it's really not that. It's really just a boost. It's like a cup of coffee, but then you still have to go to work, right? So um, in that sense, it's been a really hard journey for me because I am very sensitive to medication and I reacted quite poorly to a lot. A lot made me worse mentally. A lot made me gain all this weight. Thank you for putting me on that before my wedding. Um, some, you know, made me tired. One, I couldn't even get out of bed until 1 p.m. Like I couldn't work, like I couldn't function. Um, so one made me hyper. Like, so I've had a really, really difficult trial and error. And I think that what I would say is not to scare anyone from doing that because I do believe medication has a purpose. And if there's something that's going to increase your life that is safe to take, by all means, utilize all of your tools and resources because this is a short life and let's get it going, right? Mm-hmm. But I would say definitely, um, first of all, the stigma around taking medication, just fucking throw it out the window. Who gives a fuck? You don't have to tell anybody. No one has to know. Like, that's their opinion. That's their shit. You don't need to carry that with you. You know, you just don't. If it's going to help you, you don't have to justify your decisions to anybody. That's, you know, a healthy and under guidance of a professional. So what I would just say to somebody who's considering medication is just because a doctor says that you should try medication does not mean you should try it. You need to be your biggest advocate in in that room because they see a lot of depressed people and they go, here you go. Here's this. Here's that. Here's this. Let's try it. And you don't know what those side effects are. Like one took a month to withdraw. Nobody told me that. I would not have taken it if I had known that my withdrawals were going to be a month. So if you're looking to get into medication because it totally has its place and I, it's helped me so much this year, um, just know what you're getting into and do your own research and, and weigh it. You know, if they're like, well, this is going to make you really tired, but being tired makes you depressed, that might not be the best medication for you. Like you need to weigh the side effects and the, the relationship it's going to have in your life. Also understanding that you also just have to try it to see but there are non-negotiables I have now. Like I won't take a medication that makes me tired. I won't take a medication that makes me a month of withdrawals. So mm-hmm. really get educated. And a lot of times when you're in the psychiatrist's office, you're really emotional. I'm always emotional in psychiatrist's office because I'm like, there's something wrong with me. I have to be on medication, that whole narrative plays. So I write down a list of non-negotiable questions I need to ask so that I remember them in the moment if I do get emotional in the appointment. That is so helpful for sure. And would you mind like maybe sharing some of those questions that you would ask a psychiatrist? Yeah. Yeah. So I say, how long does it take to work? Is it, am I going to feel it gradually? Am I going to feel it immediately? Um, What is the coming off of it process like? And how intensive is that? 
what are the side effects that I need to be aware of that are trigger and warnings? Like, do I need to go to the hospital if I throw up or do I just call you and stop taking it? You know, like, where do I know that I'm having a bad reaction and need either medical profession, medical attention, or I just stop taking it? Um, so being really clear on that, what the main side effects are, how the psychiatrist thinks this will benefit, and in ways where can it take away from your life in negative ways, what's the negative impacts. And then if you're a woman, people don't necessarily think about this, but if you're a woman, what happens if you are sexually active and accidentally get pregnant? Is it dangerous to have that medication in your body even for the first two weeks when you don't know you're pregnant? Is that going to cause deformities for your child? Is that going to make you sick? You know, I was on a medication and they said, if you're pregnant, you need to call us immediately. And I was uncomfortable with that because mm -hmm. I'm on an IUD, I practice safe sex, but you never know what happens. And so there's a lot of questions that you have to ask. And those are just some of the main ones that I like to point out. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for those because I'm like, I'm not good at asking questions like I will be in like a coaching call with someone or whatever you know and they'll ask me okay so like what questions do you have for me I'm like I don't know I guess I like can ask questions when it comes to podcasting but in like a setting like being with a psychiatrist like I would kind of not really think about all the things that you just shared with us so that's super helpful thank you and I also really like kind of like normalizing or having conversations that a lot of people just don't have, right? So this is kind of one of them, but you actually brought up like um, nasty withdrawal symptoms and stuff. So do you have, um, well, you said you had a really bad experience with one of the medications that you were on that was like took you a month to get off of. So yeah. yeah, tell us you a little, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. I actually have a personal story that it was just like so terrifying. Like I had a really, really bad experience coming off um, some antidepressants when I was in high school and it was just awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So they told me how to take, you know, tamper with it, but nobody told me that withdrawals was going to be that situation. And I was tampering off of it and all of a sudden I just couldn't stop crying I was so depressed I was like why do I feel this was last year I was like why do I feel the most depressed now when my business is doing great when I'm married to an amazing man when I've cultivated all these tools I was like this is crazy like this death is so unwarranted and I know that I'm past deaths like this mm -hmm. and it was so intense that people had to watch me and I drove myself to the hospital and like my dad had to put me on like I was on like I had suicidal ideation like I want to commit suicide and it was so intense and then like a few weeks later my husband did a bunch of research and he's like you know when you withdraw from this like intense crying and depressive episodes can happen for weeks on end while it gets out of your system and I was like like, oh, so I wasn't, you know, it was just, that wasn't me. Like, that was just my condition even worse because I was physically withdrawing from a medication. But I told my therapist this was happening, my psychiatrist, and no one thought to say, hey, it might be withdrawals, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that's something really great to know when you're going on a medication, just like familiarizing yourself with what the withdrawals might look like for you, for sure. I know for me, forget what medication I was on, but the one of the withdrawal symptoms and it said like that it was very unlikely that you would have this but they called it like brain twitches and it literally felt like my brain was like twitching when I was coming off of it it was horrible yeah it was really scary for sure um so kind of you know moving on from this conversation you brought up um I really love how you said you know you can take the medication or the pill and that's only 10%. So can we talk about like the other percent and what really transformed your life and helped you move through this? Yeah. So it's been an ongoing, obviously, practice that I've had. It started really when I dropped out of college. I quit my internship. I quit my jobs. I was like totally non-functioning. I was hospitalized a few months earlier and I started dating my now husband then boyfriend and he comes from the recovery world so he's actually nine years sober now and so he said to me he said look if you're depressed I don't care if you're depressed if you're depressed and hopeful I can work with you if you're depressed and hopeless I can't be in this relationship and I was like whoa mind blown first of all like he's gonna leave me and that's just another thing on the belt that I've lost and I was like I can't lose anymore and then two what would my day look like if I just woke up with hope and then hope turned to faith and faith turned to spirituality and then holistic measures and going to support groups and you know now what I'm really focusing on is making sure that my rituals and daily routines really serve my soul and fill me up with fulfillment and purpose while also I think for so long, I made my depression and anxiety wrong. Like when I was anxious, I was like, this is wrong. This can't be happening. I need to stop it and change it now in order to be a successful, happy human. Now, when anxiety comes, I'm like, yeah, I'm a human. Like this is a human experience and I'm going to go through it. And I am strong enough and safe enough to know that I can hold this container within. And I close my eyes and I feel the anxiety pulsating through my body and I take one step further and I say, okay, like this is what I'm meant to feel right now. So God, I will feel this for you because you are giving this to me for a reason. And I know there's beauty on the other end and I fully feel it and I fully walk through it and then it passes and it comes every day and I'm not afraid of it. So I think people with mental illness are living in such fear because they don't know when that anxiety is going to come. They don't know when that depression is going to come. And that fear, I think, actually makes things worse. Like, it actually, like, fuels the fire even bigger than it has to be. And so I've tried and am starting to release the fear of my mind and know that I am safe no matter what, that things pass, that challenges are a part of life, that pain is mandatory, but suffering is optional. And I move through it and I hold myself and I send myself love and respect myself enough to know that I deserve to be alive in abundance and joy and peace. And so I, you know, do what I need to do to get back to that, to that level while not judging or freaking out about it. Oh my gosh. 
I just like want to jump up and down right now. That was so beautiful. And like, if we could just like package that up, I feel like everyone could like rewind for the past couple of minutes and just re-listen to all of that again. If they're struggling with any type of mental illness or, you know, anxiety, depression, like whatever they're struggling with, that was so amazing. Thank you. So helpful. That was just like so amazing. So you talked about daily practices. Do you want to share what some daily practices are for you that really help you? Yes. So when I wake up, I get my coffee. I sit down. I don't look at my phone. I light my Palo Santo and I journal for one to two pages just subconscious, stream of consciousness, like no agenda, no nothing, no judgment. And then once I'm done with that, I'll go on a walk with my dog and put on a podcast. Usually in the morning, it's an entrepreneurial podcast just to get me like stoked for the day. And then I shower and then I put body oil all over my body. Um, and then I get dressed and then I do my skincare routine, which is like a seven step skincare routine. And then I put on my perfume every morning and then I work. And then at night I do my skincare routine three times a week. I do masks. I wash my feet, put body oil over my body. I read for 30 minutes to an hour in bed with, um, I put my phone away and then light a candle. And then I have a lavender chamomile spritz and I do a facial spray. And then I read for 30 minutes to an hour. And then I meditate with two. I love Sarah Blondin right now on Insight Timer. And then I go to sleep. Sometimes I'll also journal before night if I feel like I need to like get some stuff out of my head. But um, a lot of journaling, a lot of self-care pampering for my physical body with like skincare and body oils and perfumes. And I'm always putting my coconut lip glossy Copari on and I have all my facial sprays everywhere and just, you know, paying attention to my physical self as well. And then also journaling, meditating, um, and doing a lot of mindset shift practicing during the day and really kind of reading into my energy and what I need at that moment. So a lot of the times at night, I need a more spiritual podcast. And a lot of the times in the morning, I need a more like Gary B, go, go, go. Um, so just understanding the ambiance that you want to create at any given moment, as well as what your soul needs in that moment. Um, and of course, I deviate and do different things if thing doesn't feel right that day. But that's kind of my overarching ritual routine. I love it so much. And how did you kind of like come to create this routine for yourself because I think a lot of women that are listening to this episode they might just be starting off I know I work with a lot of women that I'll ask them like what are your current self-care or self-healing practices and they really don't have any right because they've been in this state of just like self-neglect for so many years and they just don't really know where to start so maybe what were some of your biggest building blocks and like what did you start off with that you noticed like big shifts right away yeah I mean I remember being in middle school and like setting my alarm for 550 and then by 557 I was out of the shower and then by you know 602 I had my outfits on like I've always had that routine mindset in me and I think also if you're dealing with mental health issues routine is such a good way to ground your days it's such a good way to have your mind understand what's going on and to just like give you a moment to yourself so I've always been into routines um 
and they change, right? Like every few months I spruce them up, every few months I change them or I add one thing in or I subtract something. You know, when I journal, for example, I mean, it gets even more layered. When I journal at the end of my journal, I write a prayer to God and then I write three things I'm grateful for. So, you know, there's so many things. And I would say that probably sounds super overwhelming that I do all of these things, but once you start, it becomes second nature, it becomes like drinking water. So if you're interested in getting a routine or a ritual down, you know, start with one thing, right? Maybe it's lighting a candle and reading before bed. Maybe it's buying a nice serum and doing a three-step skin routine instead of a one-step skin routine. Maybe it's meditating for five minutes a day, regardless of whether it feels good, you think you're doing it right, whatever, you know? Stick to one thing for like two weeks and see how it feels and then figure out where you want to add. I love that so much. And how good does it feel to be like doing a skincare routine? Just feels so good. I was like so anti-skincare. I was like, this shit's bullshit. My skin's going to look the same no matter what. And now I'm so addicted. And honestly, like great. The physical benefits are awesome. And my skin's going to look great when I'm, you know, whatever, older. But it's just, I, that moment is so sacred twice a day that I have by myself. I close the door. No one bothers me. And it's just pampering myself with my hands, like Mm -hmm. physically touching my body and pampering myself. Yeah. And you do that self-massage like with the body oil too, which is so important. I was just having a chat with one of my clients the other day and I actually asked her like, how often do you touch your body? You know? And she just like kind of looked at me like, I don't, I, I don't even know how to answer you because I never do, you know? And I think that's so important to, you know, carve out some time in our day every single day and actually like touch ourselves and like use that body oil. That's like a beautiful way to do it if you don't know where to start. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yes. Or you can activate, but that's all. Yeah, that's another option too. Yeah, for sure. So you talked about um, other spiritual practices and I know a lot of our listeners are actually um, pretty excited about getting more spiritual and integrating some of those types of practices into their days. So this is kind of like for our girls who do have that self-care practice going and they want to kind of like take it to the next step. So what are some of your favorite, more spiritual type of practices? Yeah, definitely meditation, um, just really connecting in and also surrendering. So if there's something that you want, like, for example, we were thinking about moving and I went to go see an apartment and I just surrendered the outcome to the universe and God. I was like, whatever God wants for me will happen. And that's, I have to trust that plan. And it's, I think spirituality, no matter if it's religious or what it looks like or what you call or what terminology you use, I think it's just this underlying trust and safety net and foundation that you are supported at all times by a force greater than yourself. And so if something bad happens in your life, like, you know, there's a lesson, you know, there's a miracle on the other end and you know, God has your best interest and that he loved, he, she, it loves you no matter what. Um, so I actually really interact with the universe a lot. For example, I went to go see an apartment and I asked the universe to show me a sign if it was the right, if I, I asked them to show me a sign if I was making the right decision. So I asked them, my sign is the Rolling Stones. So I saw the apartment. There was no Rolling Stones sign in the apartment. I sent the video to my husband. He was like, well, like, is it this? And I'm like, you know what? 
it's not feeling good. I haven't received a sign from the universe. Like, I'm just going to tell the landlord it's not working for us. So I texted the landlord. And I said, we're going to pass. As I texted that, I put my phone down and my husband's phone started playing the Rolling Stones. And he wasn't even trying to listen to the Rolling Stones. He doesn't even listen to the Rolling Stones. He was trying to put on a podcast and he's sitting there. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Because I was trying to take a nap. He's like, I don't know how that got on. And I look at him and I'm like, who sings that song? And he goes, the Rolling Stones. Oh, it's okay. I got it off. And I was like, there we go. There we go. Thank you, universe. I did the right thing. Wow, that is amazing. I love that. So when did you, has the Rolling Stones always been your sign? <laughs> yeah, so I read um, The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein. And she talks about creating a sign from the universe. And she says, like, the first thing that comes into your mind, like, don't overthink it, don't force it. And the first thing that came into my mind was the Rolling Stones. So that's just been my sign. I didn't choose it. It kind of chose me. It was the first image that popped into my head. And yeah, that's my sign. Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. That's so great. So, wow, you have such an incredible story and you're also a super successful entrepreneur. And I know you and I could probably record a whole other podcast about being an entrepreneur and just like having, you know, past challenges with your mental health, but now being like, strong and having this sense of mental strength. So maybe if we can kind of like touch on that at least a little bit in this episode, because we do have entrepreneurs listening to this episode, um, to this podcast. And if they are struggling with like depression, anxiety, or just feeling like challenged with their mental health, but also trying to rock a business at the same time, right? How does that look for you? Yeah, so entrepreneurship, I say in many ways, saved my life. Um, I was, as I said, dropped out of this, dropped out of that, wasn't going to school, all that stuff. And I've always wanted to work in the magazine industry. And I was 22 at the time. And I was with a friend over coffee. And I said, I don't know why. I said, oh, I brought this mag. I just came back from New York. And I was like, oh, I brought this independent, like, indie art magazine. I have to show it to you. And I just blurted out. And I was like, do you want to just start a magazine together? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And so what started was we were just going to print it at Kinko's and it was going to be free. We were going to like use disposable cameras for the photos. And it was just going to be passed around to the friends as a creative project. But something in my brain switched and I started researching fancy printers. And then I put a $10,000 budget together. And then I had all these meetings and then I put a Kickstarter up. Long story short, we raised the money. I had three issues of that magazine. The third was sold in newsstands across the country and Barnes and Noble, and we had Halsey on the cover, which was amazing. And ever since then, I realized that what I had been missing was this sense of purpose, and entrepreneurship was my purpose. And so I've gone through so many different versions of my entrepreneurial career, but what I love to tell people with mental illness is that entrepreneurship gives you such a beautiful way to manage your mental illness while also creating life on your own terms. Mm -hmm. It also holds you so accountable because you're the one that has to get the shit done. You're the one that owns the business. So if you choose something that you're super passionate about, you want to show up every day for that. And then knowing that you're the one on the line, you do show up every day. And then it builds the self-confidence that you can do things and you can push through and you can show up. And that really helps in your healing process as well. So um, right now I run Scouts Agency, which I said earlier is a PR agency focused um, on female voices, entrepreneurs and brands. And so I kind of found, I find my purpose in the women's sector and 
working with women and uplifting women and talking to women, that's always been my jam. And so I said, okay, well, that's my purpose is talking, connecting and uplifting women. And what's a business way I can do that? That makes financial sense that I would have fun doing. And it was this agency that I created. And so it's been super fun and amazing and hard and challenging. But, um, you know, if I have a bad day, usually I don't give in to the bad day and I'll keep working. But, you know, I know, like, I need a nap today. Like, that's what I need. I can take my nap. So. Yeah, I gosh, honestly, I've been an entrepreneur from like day one and I honestly have never had, you know, like a nine to five job or whatever, but I just like heard you put it that way. I was like, that makes a lot of sense and why I probably, you know, thrive doing what I do. So that's awesome. Thank you. Um, Okay. So I have another question that I ask all of my guests and that is what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? first thing that comes into my mind to be unbreakable is that it's okay if I break because I know how to put myself back together again Mm -hmm. and to know that it's fine to crack open a little bit in a painful way because I got the glue the glue is in my toolbox I can glue myself back I can make myself prettier and stronger and taller and a prettier base or whatever you want to think of it as um it just means that I know I have the glue to to fix whatever comes my way yeah girl you have so many tools it's amazing I love it. I love it. So where can everyone find you and connect with you? I know you mentioned your two podcasts, but give us all the other details. Yeah. So you can just find me on Instagram. That's like where all my stuff is. It's Scout Sobel at S-C-O-U-T-S-O-B-E-L. And in the, in the, in my bio, you will find my two podcasts and Scout's agency, as well as my email. Um, I'm seriously, like, I, my door is open. If you are struggling with mental health, if something that I said resonated with you, if you want to talk something over, if you want to hop on a call, if you want to text me, like, DM me, email me, whatever your preferred method of communication is. I, I love talking to other women or, or men about this experience or maybe, you know, your significant other is going through something. You know, any way I can help, I, I truly, truly am here. Ah, you are a wonderful person, honestly. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you did with us today. That was absolutely amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome back on the show anytime, girl. Oh, I'm I'm here. Anytime (laughs) you want me. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm.